And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 117. Welcome. The World of Myth Bits. issue to share with you this month. Uh, it is issue 92 of the World of Myth magazine. So I say we just jump into it. And our first bit comes from Drabble and Flash. And our first story, which I personally think that uh, the Drabble and Flash this month is probably some of the best uh, that I have laid eyes on. Since we have been doing this, I really, really am a fan of this collection. So, let's go ahead and jump into The Story of a Grief Odyssey by Stephen Bruce. Would you like to kick us off on your thoughts? I thought I had nice imagery. Um, this one was a story of a man who lost his wife. Um, yeah, excellent work on that. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely stunning. Uh, gorgeous. Tragic. Just, it, it was really breathtaking, like in every way fathomable, <laughs> breathtaking. Every time I think Stephen presents us with a new piece, a new work, um, there's, there's no denying the power of his voice and his abilities to deliver something stunning. And sometimes it comes across as, like, a whisper, and then other times it's, like, this howl. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just, I I thought it was a gorgeous, terrible, beautiful, wounding piece. I loved it. It made me hurt. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> All right. That will take us over to All in a Day's Work by David K. Montoya. Thoughts? I've heard that this uh, pandemic over at the hospitals is pretty nasty, you know, from first point of view. So this uh, definitely has some insight on there. Um, <laughs> I have one ca- I have, I have uh, a comment right here. This is California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we all live in the, the same area. So I know that our, our local hospital has been uh hit really hard um i'm not gonna say any harder than any other hospital um and it's it's definitely horrifying and i know dave jumping into the workforce working in a hospital during this time like that was my first thought when he started sharing that he was going back to work at the hospital and i was like oh my gosh that's that's daunting in the first place but to do so in the middle of a pandemic. And um, those weren't my notes. That was just, <laughs> you know, awareness. Um, and so um, I think it's kind of funny. I hear a lot of people who always will say frequently, 
and I say it too, I think we all do, is I don't know what I would do in that situation. And typically it's a pretty bad or rough situation uh, that nobody really wants to be in. And I think what Dave did with the story uh, is a, a gorgeous job of capturing that you're just going to get through it one way or another. There's some part of us psychologically that takes hold and gets us through these really tumultuous, surreal moments. And of course, um, I don't think there are enough thanks in the world for our frontline workers who are dealing with this day after day. And that Dave was able to capture that from his experiences, from what he's seeing, what he's been uh, been a part of um, in just such a small story is just I, I I can't appreciate his his craftsmanship craftsmanship and ability enough. Just I thought it was beautiful. So also thank you to every one of our frontline workers. Um, everybody who's dealing with this day in and day out. Um, we love you. Thank you very much. And our next story. One of my personal... <laughs> I just love this one. Bob by Anne-Christine Tabaka. Um, I'm jumping in because I love Bob. Bob for the win. Um, I'm going to get spoilery. Sorry. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. This story like fed my soul. Because I am definitely somebody who loves my pets and animals more than humans a lot of the time. Um, I could spend all day with uh, my pets and spoiling them and loving them. Um, And I just, I don't know, I loved the story. I love the way Anne presented it and gave us this, like, entire narrative of being a pet owner. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I loved it. I loved the wholesomeness of it and how relatable it is. And I, I just, I love it. It's so pure. I, yeah, I agree. I uh, definitely like that. The uh, little cat. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Our next story is The Slasher by Gabriella Balcom. Thoughts? Seems like the slasher strikes again in this one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and my first uh, line in my notes was the 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 the, the hash slinging slasher because I'm a weird millennial who loves SpongeBob still. So disregard that, but that's where my brain. Are you ready, went. kids? <laughs> but I can't hear you. <laughs> jokes aside um there's something about uh horror and the javelin flash section that my brain is working to be satisfied with again i need to be spoiled and this one is a perfect example of everything we need to kind of satiate that and i i thought it was a really amazing uh piece by gabrielle i think gabrielle does terrific work with Drabble and Flash, and uh, it's it's something she's very uh, uh, well-versed in, and this one is just no exception. It's so good. I loved it. Thank you very much. And our next piece, The Annual Pilgrimage by Lynn Phillips. 
Yeah, I thought uh, I thought this one actually had a pretty good imagery for um, the uh, the context of the story. You know, um, it's interesting how she plays around with the spec the spectral forces yeah. at play, right? Uh, very well done. Thank you very much. Yeah, I didn't know I needed to cry until I read this one, uh, <laughs> and it was just stunning and beautiful and marvelous. Uh, another breathtaking piece this month and I just enjoyed every word I thought it was um like it it had this awareness of itself and it it bleeds this kind of emotion and the resultant payoff I think is is so rewarding to the reader and I don't know Lynn you are phenomenal and such talent this one was stunning beautiful I, I can't praise it enough. It just, it, like um, Mr. Bruce's, it, it wounded me. <laughs> but, like, again, in all the right ways, I just, I loved it. Beautiful. Thank you very much. And our next piece, The Promise by Stephen Bruce. Go ahead, sir. It uh, definitely was uh, very well done the second time around. Um, said the first time, I, I definitely enjoyed the... Uh, um, imagery and everything about this short little story you know Had a sweet little ending thank you very much yeah this is another one from steven i think that um is just as like painfully rewarding and i just i love it it's again one of those a great reminder of who he is as a writer so i very much appreciate it thank you very much sir all right now we can jump to Fantasy. I don't know why I always go into these accents when I announce. I'm sorry. And I should at least mix it up and not just do like a weird British. But I also feel like it could get really like accidentally racist if I do too many. Give Irish a sling. Uh, fantasy. <laughs> Fan- no, that's more Scottish. Okay. Anyway, we're moving on to fantasy. There's my Californian accent there. <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> Her first story is A Ranger's Tale, Part 2 by Jeff R. Young. I really enjoy when Jeff writes these fantasy depictions, you know, of these uh, these characters he's created in his own, like, little world, you know, because it, it almost feels like he p- plays these uh, images out from, like, these video games and whatnot, you know. Um, it's definitely uh, well done, you know, a little surprising ending right there for a little zazzle. You mm-hmm. know? Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, um, I put, oh, hmm, <laughs> once again, uh, Jeff Jeff blows me away with his creation of this world, um, which we are familiar with, but it still manages to surprise and captivate. And I know we know this character, but what an interesting way to take us on this journey and keeping it very fresh and... Uh, not shocking, but definitely very pleasantly surprising. Um, and I'm sorry, I have to repeat myself over and over and over and over again anytime I read anything by Jeff. Um, his ability to give us this environment is just astounding and an absolute marvel. I cannot wait to get more out of this story and where it takes us in this like unfamiliar familiarity. You know what would be really dope? If, like, Jeff was able to take it to, like, another step above, 
kind of like if he was able to also write in more of a style. We, we've been watching uh, Lovecraft Country, <gasps> and um, American Gods would have the same like feel a bit. Mm-hmm. Or if he like took his characters to this next, you know, tier or level, as they would say, you know, to 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 give them such a, a mysterious complexity around the entirety of the character. Yeah, I think that would be very, very, very rad. Yeah. I agree. I think that would be something very entertaining to see from Jeff. Absolutely. I feel you can do it too, sir. Go give it a shot. Our next story. Sorry. Our next story (laughs) is The Missing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies, Part 15 by David K. Montoya. I'm going to try not to scream as I go over my notes. And uh, I'm going to say this as calmly as I can because you know what, Dave? You know what? Um... To conclude, to be concluded in The Missing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies book coming out 5-10-21 are to me personally uh, fighting words. I feel very attacked by that (laughs) and very angry. And I'm going to feel that way with every single story that we read that has that announcement at the end because, ouch. Um, No, this to me was an excellent chapter Um, probably one of my favorites, honestly. I don't know what about it exactly made it one of my favorites, but there's, um, we're seeing everything start to come together. And I think the way Dave has really, like, fleshed everything out and we're becoming more aware of exactly what's going on. You know, we had a twist and now, even though, like, I feel like there's still some, some kinks to work out in terms of um, the the ca- causation of that twist. and But again, I'm spoiled and I'm always going to want more. Uh, <laughs> it just, this, this part in particular, I think, felt like the fullest. And um, it gave us a lot that was satisfying. Um, and, and honestly perfect in my opinion. So I can't wait to finish the series. I cannot wait to see what happens, um, in the final part when it's released in May. Sorry. Ignore my anger. Go ahead. What were your thoughts? (laughs) It's just a joy to read there. Thank you very much, sir. And that will take us, that will take us over to horror. (laughs) First story is Face Hunter by Dawn DeBrawl. Um, I love this foray into fantasy for Dawn. Reading this one on like a gray cloudy day with the rain tapping onto the windows, it just set me up for like a psychologically and emotionally good time. You know, like the environment was just there for me between the story and reality um, and the only, only, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say this to Dawn, so please don't take it, like, oof. The only, only bit of, like, constructive criticism I have is that this story, it felt like it deserves to have a huge treatment. Like, a full, big, multi-chapter treatment. Um it just there's I want I want to learn more. I want to learn more about our characters, learn more about Dahlia and Angeline and Daniel. Like I just I would love to see Dawn like 
give us a serial with this one because I really think that she has a super cool idea and I love it like so do with that what you will Dawn I don't know how much my opinion matters to you if you're listening but I I truly think you could like even if you just mull it around like make something huge out of this story you know yeah, that one was a little different from Dawn. Than, it is, than and what, I love uh, it. That's what I mean. I love her foray like this. It 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 felt like Dawn, but it didn't, and I respect it so much. Okay, sorry. Right, right. Um, yeah, d- definitely, uh, definitely an excellent story on there. I love the imagery, and I definitely like the um, uh, the uh, romance between the characters. Uh, the ending was pretty nice. Um, like you said. You know, she can go ahead and uh, give another chapter to that baby. I think so. Like, not even a full, like, like a, a continue, just make it so big. Like, I don't know. Again, I'm spoiled. I'm sorry. It's going places. <laughs> it, it really is. Thank you very much. It's a story I want everything out of. Okay. Joe said thank you, by the way. I was talking over him. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we can jump over to action and suspense. And our first story is Pride Goeth by Gabriella Balcom. Of course, uh, I love a good revenge fantasy. And this one fits, like, all the criteria. Um, it's the same kind of bit of, like, euphoria, I guess you could call it. I felt watching the first season of Cobra Kai. Sorry, can't help it. Where Aisha was targeted in almost, like, the exact same way. Uh... Star was targeted, or Stark targeted Kyla, calling her pig and just, like, really bullying her on that aspect. Um, and all those joyous memories. Uh, so it was it was absolutely not unsatisfying to see Karma do a number on Star. What about you? Right. Um, yeah, I can, I can see where, uh, where she's trying to go with the story, you know. You can definitely see the relations between that. Uh, Cobra Kai or possibly the craft, you know. Yeah. Where um witchcraft was involved on that one, you know. Um so I can I can understand. Um maybe maybe there could be a way though to do it in a different manner. You know. Yeah, this one was really like on the nose. Right. right. I think. Right. Um but not I mean not to say that, you know things wouldn't be mirror images of other things, you know. But, um, yeah. Um, this one you definitely take and play with the development of the characters so vastly, you know, that, uh, yeah, it, was, it, was, uh, it was almost there, you know. Mm-hmm. These, little, these little mortar work around the yeah. edges. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. I, I get that. Thank you very much. I'm going to jump over to... The Wind River Story by Steve Carr. Yeah, I definitely like this adventure tale, you know. Um, I like the uh, I like the hitchhiker, you know, for sure, and, and the events that followed throughout the story. Um, I thought it was interesting, too, because of the perspective of the hitchhiker, his, his, his thought patterns and mm-hmm. the way he acted isn't familiar to, uh, you know, 
the readers. Yeah, isn't it very familiar? But um, yeah, because I think the the stereotypical response would be like, "Oh, he was shocked when uh, she held the pistol to his face, or something like that." But he was like more like, "Wait, you know, he's distracted. He there's something else happening." And I really liked his reactions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I thought it was, it was pretty good. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I put no pun intended, but what a ride. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. Uh, the characters are fascinating, and the implications are curious. Um, and the environment is super intriguing, especially like considering the setting and being, you know, reservation and uh, a fairly, uh, I don't want to say famous, but uh, well-known reservation so i'm i i really liked this one i really liked this this concept and the idea and like you said i really liked the narrative of our lead i thought it was a very interesting perspective and like very very nicely unfamiliar yeah it kind of reminds me of like the old uh adventure books you know kind of like um a little bit like uh, that that one uh, into the wild. You know? mm. um, thank you very much, sir. And our next story, "The Missing" by Timothy Law. Is this the working of a little cult, or a single entity, or uh, a creature? Like <laughs> it, it's. Is it? There's so many questions I have about this one, and it was fun and creepy, um, and it plays with the intrigue and mystery of uh, the genre. So, yeah, it <laughs> like now I'm re- remembering. You know, was it an entity? Was it a creature? Um, and as usual, I'm going to say it. I wish there was more. Uh, it's one of those ones that, like, you could have so much more fleshed out that would definitely uh, aid us. But then again, it also works in that it is so mysterious. It is so uh, uh, unpredictable in what we're we're acknowledging in this story. And... I think that's kind of unique. I think without all the answers, all of the, um, without giving us everything, you know, in that kind of like Hitchcockian way. So I really liked it for that, you know. Um, Again, I'm spoiled. So. Thank you very much, sir. (laughs) All right. And our final piece in the action and suspense section we have. You Ain't the Only Catfish by Walter Giersbeck. I mean, this is just another excellent piece by Walter. He always gives such in-depth dialogue as though you are watching a reel, you know. Um, I definitely enjoy this one because of the aloofness, almost, to the to the author. But also, not so much, you know, his... His, his assurance too you know he knew he knew that this person on the other end was true you know but it, had, it didn't turn out to be you know and 
using pseudonyms and everything like that. It's just, uh, it was just, it was beautiful. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, look, I'm not about to sit here and tell you what you should have done or uh, would have what could have happened to make it better, but this would have been a wonderful crossover with MTV's Catfish and Neve Shulman. Let's be real, it would have been amazing if Neve just showed up and he was like, "Hey, we've got some questions for you." Okay, jokes aside, that was 100% a joke. I'm very sorry, a very tasteless joke. Um, I was like, I, I was in the uh, I was in the the living room. And I saw that the catfish was on a TV, right? And he had Neve, and he had the bicep pose. And apparently they were doing something on the camera, right? <laughs> and he had the biceps flexing, right? And he was like, oh, look at these guns. He's like, well, he had stacks of bricks on his arms. Yeah, right? things are getting weird on catfish nowadays and because everything's some, via Zoom. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, he's like, oh, watch, check this out. And he clicked the uh, little mouse button on his bicep, and it just, boop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. The television show Catfish aside, uh, this piece was amazing. I was enthralled from the first sentence and eager to see where we were headed. And the concept is a like really cool and unique take on something that could have easily been overdone. But it absolutely breathes fresh life into uh, this notion. I just, I don't know, it was really... I don't want to say fun because no, it's like actually like a really messed up story, but it was. And, but then again, that's also Walter. That's Walter's talent of taking like these wild kind of like out there notions of serious matters and making them a bit of a joy ride, if you will, for the reader, for the reader to go through. So yeah, that one was a great one. Thank you very much, sir. And on to science fiction, we have Galactic Code. By Loretta A. Stradley. Looks like the space crew got its fill. <laughs> uh, absolutely, it was uh, it was definitely interesting the way that she had uh, written these characters, uh, and and uh, you know it was uh, it was just a good old good old time there. Yeah. Thank you very much. I put well, hello, Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> this was some pristine space horror. And again, I'm sad not to see a part one following the title uh, because it was a, a great example of a story being like a horrifying and tantalizing standalone, but also kind of a perfect setup to have been an introduction. Um, I'm so super interested in what Loretta opened up in this like Pandora's box kind of. Um, it was just, it was beautifully offered to us in this like gift basket of mystery. So yes. Thank you very much. And next up we have our humor section in the absence of sense by James Rumble. Yeah, I definitely thought this one was actually pretty interesting about how the, uh, the senses were, were, were taken away, but it wasn't of the natural senses. It had these other senses that it was able to play around with. Like this kind of story, if you were to do um, a large, very large version of this story, I think you can really knock out some very interesting uh, things and tactics going mm -hmm. on. You know, um, it, 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 uh, it was pretty entertaining. Thank you very much, sir. 
Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this story since I read it, which is very telling. Um, and it, it just, it was an absolute delight. And I love this story. It was funny and goofy while maintaining the sense, uh, <laughs> sense of uh, seriousness. And I just, I adored, like, the montage of characters and their lack of senses. Um, I loved it. Nothing, nothing else to say. Just magnificent and a perfect finale to our story section. And like I said, I've been thinking about it. Like I keep thinking about like just like these senses that like James kind of brought up, you know, like these, these senses we absolutely take for granted. Senses of humor, sense of direction, you know, it, I just, I don't know. I, to me, that's the most telling sign of a story is when it really sticks with you. And I think James is a massive talent, uh, like just hammering something into your head very well. Thank you very much. All right. And oh, yeah, I had a pun on my notes too. I say all of that with a sense of gratitude. <laughs> okay, don't mind me. It's been a long week. <laughs> all right. That will take us over to our poetry section. And our first piece is Siren Song by Christopher Bice. Yeah, this one's pretty dope. You know, um, I like how he uses uh, the old tale, you know, breathes life into an old tale. Mm -hmm. you know? I definitely, I always, I don't know, I'm sucker for sirens. <laughs> what can you do? Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, I put beautiful, uh, which I never expect anything less than that from Christopher Weiss. Um, like, again, he has this, like, music to his poetry and I know that you know music and poetry but he just there's like something about his poetry that it's 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 music and it it feeds the soul and it just it was a stunning piece on the myth of the siren and each word like just drips with this romanticism and it's just gorgeous I loved it thank you very much sir and our next piece Floating Island of Kinsar by John Gray. Please forgive me if I said that wrong. I think he's supposed to pronounce it Quinsayer. Quinsayer? Quinsayer. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, I thought this one was pretty interesting, actually, with the visuals going on of these uh, ozone characters. <laughs> you know, uh, especially with the animals that exist in this floating island a bow of itself, you know? Um, very well done. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, this piece is like a, a a very intense, like, painting. You know, like, telling its own visual story. Um, and I just thought it was really cool. The way uh, Mr. Gray was able to kind of establish that super, super... Uh, outrageous kind of imagery and I don't think a lot of people are able to capture so well so very amazing work Mr. Gray thank you very much and our next piece The Scourge of Inner Voices by Anne-Christine Tabaka yeah this one was pretty interestingly uh, put you know um, I, I definitely uh I thought it was, it was pretty uh, pretty well 
pretty well put, you know, for the, all the voices just uh, talking at you. <laughs> yeah, if if this wasn't the poem I needed most right now, I absolutely love the narrative of intrusive thinking. Not that I love intrusive thinking, but I love how Anne, like, presents it to us. And those inner voices that sometimes feel so, so resolute and actually, like, honestly reliable, only to actually be liars or manipulators. And this is in our our own thinking, you know, that these voices are there. And so that means that those voices belong to us in some way. Um, And so I loved how Anne kind of tackled that. Um, how even though they're, they're like foreign emissary, you know, just, it's, it's, it's an enemy, but it's our own enemy. And, um, that like taking charge and just being like, I'm out, I'm done. I'm not dealing with this. Then again, depending on the mood you're in, <laughs> this could easily be translated into a different take, even a more tragic take. Um, but I'm going to absorb it in a more positive light for now um you can always tell us and what your intention was you know if you want to if you're like no no no, you got it all wrong (laughs) but that was my my perception of it and I really really like that one because again it was something I needed to hear thanks so much and our next piece Poseidon as a percussionist by Linda Imlar yes nothing like the turbulent tunes of Poseidon (laughs) I I don't want to like compare or uh anything between two artists but this one um by Linda if you like partner it like not marry it or anything just like if you were to put this one with Siren Song by Christopher Bice uh in like a little like dual reading it just paints this really amazing and like almost violent story of the sea and I love that like I think we're having like a lot of accidental um uh what's the word (laughs) like accidental uh themes throughout this issue and I I think that's just a funny coincidence um which that actually comes in later when we start reviewing the art but no I love this one I think Linda paints a gorgeous stunning amazing picture and uh just a really really stunning homage to the great god Poseidon what'd you think yeah I like the little classic take on this uh little classic story right there Thank you very much. And our next piece, Winter's Love by Jeff R. Young. Um, once again, Jeff absolutely does not fail in giving us this gorgeous uh, ethereal study and concept, um, which is absolutely one of his strongest capabilities and just ability in general with his poetry and and his um fiction 
and it just delivers it delivers this uh again with the the painting but it's like i can't help but visualize the way um he writes and gives us these pieces because he does it so eloquently so magically and it's just gorgeous yeah i definitely like how he used the imagery and everything in the stories you know um it's like i was saying earlier if uh, he's able to take these characters like this one and just you know take them a step a little level further on it i mean you know there's there's definitely no limit to his capabilities thank you very much and our next piece Disclose the Multitude by Kevin Magnus. Yeah, this one was dark and bleak, like all of Kevin's work. <laughs> Not all of it, just a lot of it. Um, and I think it's very, it's very telling of where we're at, you know, and I think it can be very much uh, uh, translated into a wide variety of modern issues and um it's daunting it's a daunting read i feel and that doesn't make it bad or anything it just makes it like hard to hear just just like bad news from a doctor almost <laughs> like here's the reality um but that's how kevin delivers a lot of that and it works it hurts but it works <laughs> What about you? Uh, yeah, definitely another uh, Kevin classic there. An old dark, an old dark Magnus story there, buddy. Uh, well, poem rather. Uh, thank you very much, sir. All right, now we can move over to art, and our first piece is called Uniwale by Zoe M. Montoya. And um, I see you coming at us, Zoe. I see you coming at us with some digital art. And I'm very proud of you because digital art is super intimidating. You are able to unify so many techniques and um, education from so much uh, traditional art. And, and like I said, unify it into one defined style. And it's hard. It's super, super hard. And it's where I first started learning and why I stopped because it was just a lot. Like, my it just is a lot. So I very, very, very much respect you. I respect digital artists. Uh, and this one is so cool. I This is the one I was talking about, like, with this kind of oceanic theme with some of our poems and art. Um and I love the seams, the colors, the fins and the shadows, everything. It just works in all the right ways. And frankly, what, and mind you, I'm coming off of just playing the game Death Stranding where there are a lot of visual whales. <laughs> so this one is a very pleasant like brain bleach coming off of that video game. Uh, but this whale in particular, a astounding and beautiful uni whale uh ideally would not be <laughs> a great cuddle partner but this one looks so plush 
and snuggly and I just adore him or her or them. <laughs> it's just a super cool, cute piece. And I can't wait to see what else a young Zoe has to showcase. And I hope she keeps keeps pumping out pieces, whether she uh, shows them in the magazine or whatever. I just want to see what she's doing because I think she's going to continue doing really cool things. Absolutely. Uh, I definitely enjoyed her piece here, too. Excellent work. And our next piece, All in a Day's Hard Work Dos, too, <laughs> by Ryan Scherfenberg. I put, oh ho, <laughs> a follow-up to the OG Sleepy Puppers. Um, again, Ryan's style never disappoints, and I think this is proof to it. Because we get to see this kind of second installment and um, really kind of get like a full story that he's telling. And I love it. I love the magical, spacey little Cyclops pup. Uh, yeah, it looks like the uh, little pooch woke up there. Grab a little din-din. Hungy. Little hungies. <laughs> uh, yeah, excellent work again there, sir. Thank you very much. And our next piece, your friendly neighborhood ghoul. By Mr. Eric Rivera. Um, Eric's been, I know he's been, which I haven't talked to Eric in a minute, my fault. Um, but he's been really playing with color composition, I know, in a lot of what he's showing um, on social media. And so he's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But it's really nice to see him kind of go back to... His origin in this super crisp and clean black and white uh, style because it just it never fails. And holy crap, it's stunning. This piece is so grotesque and horrifying, but rendered so beautifully. And the background is just gorgeous and to die for. No pun intended. Um, and again, like I've seen Eric's work from the beginning, you know, from when he really kind of started finding his, um, voice as, as an artist. And so I'm, I'm kind of familiar. I obviously haven't sat there and been able to watch him work, but I've seen him work before and I can't, I almost can't believe that he's done this, that he's accomplished this. It's so gorgeous and it looks like, it took months to complete. You know, it just so much labor, and it's beautiful paid off. No, absolutely. He's just an excellent uh, artist through and through. Thank you very much, sir. And the next piece, Un Tiburon by Alonzo Ross. Please ignore my super, uh, really, really white, uh, Annunciation of that. Um, so not, not a single one of you has come with a disappointing piece. And again, like I said, I think there's like an accidental theme <laughs> with, with this one. And we've got a uniwhale, a bike shark, a sci-fi cyclops pup. <laughs> and it's just a fun little theme. Anyway... Uh, everything from the pavement texture to the shark itself is just stunning and magical. Um, I love 
Alonzo's compositions and his use of line shading and how rich everything feels. Just the the dimension in those wheel spokes is I can't even like it's amazing. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Beautiful. And that speed shark right there. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Our next piece is Forest Gnome by Dan Hammond. Um, and I have to ask, so Dan, if you're listening, please feel free to drop a line and tell me, does he have a name? Because I love him. Um, I want to be friends with him. And I'm sure everybody has been waiting to hear it and is probably surprised that I've gone this far without really mentioning it. But the palette, I love this palette. The gnome, the gnome's palette is gorgeous, don't get me wrong, but the bird, that palette is so, it's so perfect. Like, I don't know, that bird is just a perfect bird. (laughs) I don't know how I could keep talking about a bird that I adore, but I would tattoo that bird on my face if I could. Um, Maybe not my face, but my point still stands. It's a gorgeous piece. Adorable. Um, It's just a fun, chipper, whimsical piece and just super cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed the uh, palette on this one. It was uh, beautifully colored and and uh, marked out and it's just uh, overall good piece thank you very much sir all right that's gonna take us over to reviews uh we actually had a um a repeat of the interview with uh, kevin adams this time the one with david k montoya on that one after that we have the movie review of radium girls by jenna sparks um in this one, she goes ahead and gives you a full-on lengthy review of <laughs> Radium Girls, um, based on a true story. So, if you are interested in true tales of crime, go ahead and go check that one out. I'd also like to jump in really quick. In the review, I point out that you can st- buy or rent the movie on Amazon Prime. I'm a dum-dum who apparently did not do my research on this part, and I'm going to fix that uh, next month. You can actually now stream it on Netflix as well. <laughs> it came on like two days ago, so. Very nice. All right, so after that movie review, we have the book review of Jackson Crawford's Name the Wanderers, Have em All, which is a book filled with poems and literature from the ancient Vikings. Um... Apparently, it was made by a YouTuber, I'm guessing. Uh, so that'd be pretty interesting to go give that a read over. Um, you know, uh, in this one, uh, Michael gives a full-on account of the entirety of the book and his own um, interpretation and thoughts behind these things. And It's a good old, good old book review by him. Uh, and then after that, we have the video game review of Mass Effect 3 by Jeff R. Young, which apparently there was two video game reviews this time around. One is for an upcoming game. But for Mass Effect 3, he gives it a four-star goodness on that one. Uh, If you're interested, go give that a check to see what he had to say about that video game. 
Uh, and then the other video game was uh, Will Titanfall 3 Ever Exist 2 by Kyle D. Dobbs. In this one, he gives an interesting look on an upcoming game, Titanfall 3. In this review, Kyle postulates about the Titanfall 3 um, gameplay and, and, and weapons and stuff like that. So if you want to go see what he has to say about that, go give that a look-see. After that one, we have the art review of the Leaning Tower of Pisa by Michael A. Arnold. And in this art review, he actually looks like he has some great photos to go along with it. Looks like he actually took a trip over there. And he gives a great history lesson, as usual, of the tower. And if you are interested in that, go get that look-see. Take a look-see at those pictures. And then, uh, thank you very much, sir. And then uh, we have final, or last but not least, last but not least, the commentary from David K. Montoya. In this one, he, in this update, he gives the super news on the inner workings. And you are even mentioned. Yays. <laughs> uh, so if you're interested in seeing what he has to say about what's coming up, you know, PCE and all, and all that good stuff coming through, and we'll give that a look-see. And that's going to actually wrap us up. It's actually kind of a tight, clean little uh, issue right there. Yeah. You know. Got through in just a couple days, and, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank (laughs) you very much, everybody, for submitting, and uh, excellent work. Um, You know, take us home. All right, guys, you can find us at theworldofmyth.com, on Facebook and the Twitter, at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine, and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Thanks for listening. Until next time. The world of myth bitch.